and welcome to They're Playing Our Song, the podcast where your song becomes our song. I'm your host, Robert Perry Cruz, and with me is my very special guest, Diana Perry Cruz. Hi, Diana. How are you? Hello. Thanks so much for joining us today to talk about a special song. Sure. Uh, Now, the song we're going to be talking about today is Bohemian Like You by the Dandy Warhols from their 2000 album, 13 Tales from Urban Bohemia. Uh, This was probably the second or third single, I think, uh, that anyone had heard from the Dandy Warhols. Um, I know it was probably the second one I'd heard after... um, I forget the first one. I never thought you'd be a junk. It's some. It's it's. Everyone calls oh, it heroin, heroin is so passe, but it's really called something else. Like I never thought you'd be a junkie. It's some other some other title. But I remember hearing this song a ton on the radio in early two thousand and really getting a kick out of it. Uh, when when did you first hear this song? I don't remember. <laughs> did you hear it on the radio ever? Or? I feel like you introduced me to it. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. I thought you had this album when we first met. I don't know. I don't remember that. No, I definitely had not heard Heroin is So Passe. Okay. I definitely heard that one from you. I think that you introduced me to this band. Okay. I, it's not a band that I'm a huge... can't yet. believe you don't remember that, Rob. <laughs> Sorry. It's not a band that I'm a huge follower of. I don't own any of their albums. I just know a couple of their, couple of their singles. You're just a total poser. Like the guy in this song. I don't. I don't think I'm a total poser just for knowing the song was on the radio. <laughs> I think they're happy that I. <laughs> the Danny Wall is probably very happy. No, we saw them once. Uh, I remember that. We did. We went and saw them at the Red Hook Brewery. Yeah, it was a tent. It was in a tent. You couldn't really see them. Their stage was like eight inches off the ground. It and it was pitch black if I remember correctly. Yeah. It was the darkest yep. show I've ever been. But at. it was a good show. Yeah, it was like a trippy show though. They just like jammed for a little while yeah. in the middle, and I think I fell asleep. While standing, standing up, yeah. which is never good to do. No knock on the concert, just it was a, it's an odd event. <laughs> One of the reasons I like this song, I put it in the in the preview post, is the chorus is uh, the chorus of the song uh, with its woo oo oos. Because oh. a- anytime you get a woo oo oo sort of throwback to maybe like sixties sixties girl groups or doo wop songs, I have a very soft spot spot a soft spot in my heart. Mm-hmm. For those mm-hmm. those types of songs, when you get that in the chorus, it's like an automatic. I'll probably listen to this, you know, the yeah, twenty you, times in a row. Yeah. You like some poppy music? Well, I mean, there's there's a reason it's it's pop popular music because is that what pop stands it, for? It could mean that. It could be because it reminds you of popcorn. Like bubble. I thought it was like bubble gum, like pop. Maybe. <laughs> or soda pop. I don't really know where that term came from. <laughs> it's I, probably popular. I always think it would be popular. Right. It's just, just sort of like know. mainstream. Everybody listens to this <laughs> stuff, music. Uh, but this isn't really a, a pop song other than it's got some nice hooks. I mean, I, I no, think it would be classified as alternative yes. alternative rock. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or uh, sometimes I see them described as uh, psychedelic a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since in their concert they like broke down and jammed for mm-hmm. a while, I guess we can. Oh yeah, some soundscapes. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about this song as its own. You know, like we said, it's got ooh chorus. It's a pretty standard A B A B bridge chorus. You know, chorus frame, chorus frame pattern. The rock itself. Uh, I love the intro. I love the way the song kind of yeah. comes in. Was just sort of the the quiet, you know, thumping drum kind of get get you started. And then uh, just goes right into the guitar riff, and then uh, 
kind of just goes from there. It's got a little bit of distortion on the guitars. That one is like, like that sound? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Something like that, yeah. And then the the riff itself is very catchy. Uh, It's just pretty upbeat. You know, major chords getting into your oohs. I mean, yeah. it's it's a peppy song. It's definitely it's definitely a peppy song, which is one of my favorites. Everyone teases me about that, but I like peppy song. What's wrong with that? <laughs> nothing. That's why it's my well. song. This is my yeah. song episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, other than the oohs and just this, you know, the the really fun music. One of the reasons I keep coming back to the song is one of your favorite things about songs, which are. The lyrics! The lyrics! lyrics. So when you hear this song, uh, what do you, what does it make you, what does it make you think of? Or or what does it, what do you envision? Well, it's a great story song Mm -hmm. for me. Um, And I think the story is really funny. Like, I've always thought it was supposed to be a funny song. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's finally not a song that I interpret as sad. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. Yep. Um... Although I think we are supposed to feel a little like pity towards the singer is the way that I interpret it. So okay. like, he wants this girl to like him and he feels like she's like a cool girl mm-hmm. and she's very bohemian. And so he's trying to like say all these different things to make her be impressed by him. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have to look at what all they all are, but he really loves her hairdo. <laughs> that was like, that one's kind of basic. Um, but the lyrics to me are really funny. I love how conversational they are as well. And he's, yeah. uh, so I'm, what do you do? I wait tables too. I haven't heard your band because mm. you guys are pretty new. Um, but if you dig vegan food, then come over to my work. I'll cook you something that you really love. Mm-hmm. So he's hitting on a bunch of different things there that are like really hipster. You mm-hmm. know, like you can just picture this guy. It's like, oh yeah, I mean, my band's not quite taken off yet, but you can come by. The restaurant, we got some great vegan options. Like, <laughs> you just, like, picture who this guy is, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, he's trying to sound so cool and be so impressive to this girl. I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, that that in and of itself is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you get to the second ver- verse, it's even more hilarious. <laughs> because that's the verse where he's saying... Oh, yeah, like, who's that guy who lives with you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's your ex-boyfriend. Oh, you broke up. Gosh, that's sad. Um, but then you, through the lyrics, come to realize that um, he says, well, I guess it's fine if he doesn't mind sleeping on the couch while I'm there. Mm-hmm. So that would imply that every other night he's sleeping in the bed with this girl. <laughs> oh, okay. Um. Which is just hilarious to me, too, that this poor guy is like, oh, yeah, you know, like, you're broken up, sure. Mm-hmm. And when I come over, he cannot sleep in the bed. <laughs> like, that he, I don't know, is he really supposed to believe that they're broken up? And mm-hmm. I don't know, he's just, like, kind of a pathetic character to me. But the lyrics and the way they lay it all out are hilarious. Okay. See, I, I have a similar but slightly different interpretation of the song myself. Okay. Now, I can't hear... The word bohemian without thinking of the musical Rent, which as a teenager, I found to be a story of these just horribly self-centered and obnoxious douchebags singing about crap and how poor they were and making protests. And oh, God, it was the worst as, as, as a, as a uh, teenager. That's everyone's interpretation of Rent. That's my interpretation of Rent. Okay. This is my personal interpretation of Rent. Uh-huh. Uh, 
so when I hear the word bohemian, I sort of have this sort of the connotation of this person is so far up their own ass that they probably don't realize what's going on. So while I think your your interpretation sounds very much about a guy trying to impress a girl, mine is that it is a guy who is just oblivious. He's just like drawn to this other girl because she seems to be just as sort of vapid and self-centered and quote-unquote bohemian as, as, as he is. But he's not actively trying to impress her so much as he's just vapidly talking about like, oh yeah... That's a car. Oh yeah. Oh, your car is kind of broken. Yeah, I can take a look. Whatever. You should come. You should come have vegan food because that's what people in my area eat. Like I wouldn't <laughs> like you if you said you liked steak. Oh okay. Uh, so I, I always I, I take it more as this guy's just uh, you know they're sort of they're really poking fun at 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 these characters and that's kind of the album itself. The, each song has a bit of a different you know tone to it. Different it's like lyrics. A, it's like a Portlandia. Before it's time. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> and this one's the, you know, the one about these these characters. You know, yeah. let's cut to these characters. Yeah. And it's just, just kind of, you know, doofus bohemian dude who's just, you know, going around. Maybe he's got dreadlocks. I don't know if that would be bohemian or so much. He's just got, probably got like a big army coat and... Uh, yeah, I mean... Glazed look. It might have changed from what he would have looked like in 2000 mm-hmm. to what he would look like now, but I... Yeah, I mean, now I think it would be hipster, hipster you know, dip blank like uh <laughs> hip, you know, hipster doofus like you would probably be the the, the version <laughs> 15 16 years later yeah but i mean i take it very much as this guy's not actively trying to impress this girl he's just exuding these vibes of self-importance he's not even trying to it's sort of just oh, okay who he i mean is. that's different than how i hear it the part the part about the going to the the boyfriend's house i do I do uh, agree mostly on that, but again, it it, it reads very self centered to me. Like he doesn't well, even he, care. He sounds oblivious, yeah, in that yeah, well, part. But uh, yeah, um, I also, I mean, I'm not like letting this guy off scot free either. You know, mm-hmm. like he thinks that if this girl is so bohemian, like that is something to look up to. Mm-hmm. Where I, but I think that that's part of the joke mm-hmm. as well. Yes, that is okay. what they're, who they are, and, and their interests are are important and, and and good to be. You mean? But not. I don't, don't think that personally. The, you don't think that the the band thinks those characters are positive, or you don't think the characters themselves see themselves. I don't think the band thinks that those are positive. Oh no, I think the band is is poking fun at these yeah. people. It's like a, there's a character oh, yeah, definitely. song. Yes. Oh, yes. I totally agree. Okay. I totally agree. Okay. Uh, I, you know. There's there's something about when they get into the into the, the, the bridge and they're talking about how uh, you know he wants something bohemian like you just casual casual easy right. thing <laughs> is it it is for me just like hey you know whatever why don't we just go go back to your place but he says oh, please that's ex- and like he sounds kind of pleading there possibly so but but it could also be but it could be so please like it could be please everything i've said i'm pleading you or so please just a casual casual like hey just you know please don't i don't i don't want this serious man <laughs> please don't don't think there's anything else let's go to your house yeah i think it's cool you know, yeah your boyfriend probably should get get your ex-boyfriend should get out of the bed so we can you know we can do it um but it's fine though it makes sense and and then you got this boyfriend character who's probably so up his own ass that he's like hey yeah oh yeah no problem man yeah, right. right righteous yeah go <laughs> 
go in I'll there. I'll be on the couch. I'll just be out here. No problem. I don't like, like nobody cares. Like this. Yeah. There's no no stakes in anything. So I mean, yeah. the, the relationship's going to be casual because everything is casual. I haven't heard your band because you guys are new. That's not like. I, I don't read it as, you know, you might say if you're trying to impress a girl where you're like, oh, that band sounds great. I know you guys are so new. I got to check it out so much. It's just no fact. You guys just started. I don't know. Like they just started a band that afternoon. Maybe <laughs> probably won't have a band that night. You know, <laughs> they just haven't heard it yet. Right. <laughs> um, but then this kind of the subtext of come to my work. I'll have him cook you something that you really mm-hmm. love. Like this guy's not even going to make anything. He's probably like the <laughs> waiter or the bus boy. He's just going to be like, hey, Steve, yeah, it's, yeah, this is Sheila or whatever. You know, she, she's, uh, she, she heard, she heard you make some vegan food. You want to, you want to make her something up? They're not going to pay for that. You know, it's not coming out of his, that's not coming out of his paycheck. Yeah. He's not doing, he's just, he's just like. Because it's vegan, so yeah. it's like, I assume, that much to I assume that the person, I assume the chef will make this for you because, hey, you know, again, with. Right, bo- like, I'm not cooking for you. Yeah. You can the- come to work. I'll be at work. Yeah. It's something about bohemian, like the bohemian lifestyle that I know it's supposed to be, you know, especially like Rent was supposed to be like the, you know, La Boheme about these artists and they're struggling. And I don't know if it's because I'm some sort of Reaganite or something, but I just find the struggling artist trope to be so obnoxious. You know, it it feels like the real artists just like shut up about their struggles. They were poor and they just did stuff. But then it, it felt like there was this entitled group of, you know, Gen X and baby, uh, you know, not baby boomers, but the Gen X and, and kind of the millennials where there's this entitlement that I think goes with those, the, that generation of, I'm going to be an artist, man. You can't stifle my art. Hey, man, I'm broke. Could you give me some money? And as opposed to just, I'm going to survive and I'm going to do it for my art. I'm going to, I'm going to become a, a vegan chef or I'm going to fix this car because I need to, I need to get through life. But it's just, there's almost a sense of no stakes to anything in this song. You know, like, hey, this is what's happening. <laughs> or it's not. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You have band? Yeah, maybe I'll check them out. I don't know. Whatevs. You know, but but this person themselves, they're not doing anything. They're going to the apartment that this other guy's paying for, you know. Uh, maybe maybe that guy's not bohemian like that. Maybe that guy's some sort of, you know, Wall Street, you know, young young Wall Street fellow, and he's like, "Oh, I think we'll get back together. I better, you know, keep paying for this apartment." Oh, that no, no, I, I want to be cool. I want to be cool like you guys. Yeah, totally. Go, go have sex in the bedroom I'm paying for. That's oh yeah, yeah that's fine. Because he's trying to fit in, maybe. Oh, that character's we don't now know. pathetic. We don't know anything about. It's him. even worse now. Yeah, yeah, we don't know anything about that character. He's not the he's not the crux of it. He's either he's either just as obliviously, no. I I gone pictured him or, as a as a guy coming out. With like his hair all messed up, and mm-hmm. he's like, he has like boxers and his white t-shirt on, and he's like scratching his stomach like under his t-shirt, mm-hmm. and being like, "Oh yeah, man, sure." And he's uh, like going out to the couch. Oh, I mean, I picture him as he didn't even own a shirt. He just goes around shirtless <laughs> all the time, and he's like, "Oh yeah," uh, and you ask him like, "Hey man, where's your shirt?" And he'd be like, "Oh, I don't know, somewhere." What? I don't have a shirt. Like, just not, not with it. Like, come on, come on. Yeah. God, we're, I'm, I'm too. I think I'm too square to really find any value in these characters. It's a great song because it's making fun of them. I think if we were trying to make these characters the heroes of the song, mm-hmm. I don't think I'd like it. Even with the ooze, I don't think I could get. I just don't think I could get over it. I just. Uh, well, at least we relate. agree that we don't. That that's not the point of the song. No. Right. The point is these people are doofuses. <laughs> They're hipster. But it's a geniuses. great song. Oh, yes. Because it's really catchy and funny. And um, I 
I I thought this was true, and I checked, and this was on the soundtrack to Igby Goes Down. Oh, was it? Yeah. Nice. Maybe that is where I originally heard this song. That Mm -hmm. makes sense. Uh, I think the song's been pretty played in movies and TV and commercials. Like, it's it's a... It's yeah. probably a song more well, people in, have heard in, in researching this, they, the band got their big break with this song in a commercial. Oh, okay. So not when it was initially released, mm-hmm. but a little, a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know, it's got ooh ooh oohs. I mean, you could just you could just cut out the ooh ooh oohs or the or the the hook, uh, or you know, just get your boop boop boop. That's kind of starting drum drum beat and put that anywhere in your commercial, and you've got a pretty pretty kick ass yeah. commercial. I would yeah. say. Well, just like the cake song that then became the Chuck theme music. Oh, short skirt, yeah. long jacket, yeah, yeah. You just get it like the, works get the just as well right? just on its own. Mm-hmm. And then now when I hear it as part of the song, I'm like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> like operates independently. I thought I was watching Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that this song is a perfect match for Igby Goes Down. Was mm-hmm. what I was going to say. Well, talk, talk about Igby Goes Down because I I don't think a lot of people have seen that movie. Have you? I mean, yes, we watched it. Okay. It's on Plex right now. We could stream it. There's no time for that. We're doing a podcast. <laughs> hold still, everybody. We're going to watch it. It goes down. We'll fire come it back. Up. All right. You just wait there. Um, we'll do it in another room. You might hear us, you know, hear, the, hear us through the walls talking about how much we'll enjoy the movie. All right. Igby is Kieran Culkin. And his brother, I haven't seen it in a while, is Ryan Philippe. Yes. I believe. And they're like hoity toity rich boys. Igby decides to leave suburban New York mm-hmm. and go live in the city and slums it for a while with Amanda Peet and a bunch of heroin addicts. Amanda Peet, best known for being naked for like 30 minutes in the whole nine yards with Bruce Willis and Matthew Perry. Oh, all right. I don't believe she's naked in this movie, but I don't recall. She might. But I mean, maybe. she was naked but enough in that really, one. She really like cracked out. Oh, here. yeah. She was, she, right, she was pretty strong out. In yeah. That that's the word. She looks pretty bohemian. Yeah. Um, it's very bohemian. Mm-hmm. The, that whole part of the movie is just them doing Manhattan stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's like a guy who wears a big fur coat and everyone's tripping out. No one has any places specifically, specifically theirs to live. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of just doing things for your art. Oh, yeah. And, like, living very loosely in, in the fringe of society. Mm-hmm. I and then eventually Igby decides what he's going to do with his life. But does that movie paint them as sympathetic characters? Or are we supposed no. to feel I like these people are, are horrible There's No, no one is a sympathetic character in that movie. Okay. I guess Amanda Peet is. When you get down to the bottom of mm-hmm. it. She is, because women always get victimized. Oh, okay. So, she, but, so she's taken advantage of, kind of? Her That's life, it. yeah, I mean, again, I haven't seen it in a little while. Um, yeah. Her life has kind of, like, led her to this point. So, I guess you you do feel some sympathy for her. Mm-hmm. But overall, there are a lot of kind of atrocious characters in that movie. <laughs> but it's a good movie. It's like mm-hmm. a it's like a Holden Caulfield kind of character, but a little darker. Oh, see, I found, I found Holden Caulfield to be... See, I don't think I would consider him... To be bohemian, like these Why characters. Not? These the characters in this song, and I think as I remember, in Igby goes down. I can't imagine they were having such deep thoughts as it's like Holden Caulfield seems troubled. I would consider him a troubled character rather than a bohemian character. Like he went to the city 
and he was sort of like wandering around, not because he thought the world owed him anything or because this is the lifestyle he chose, just because he didn't want to be where he was, but he didn't really know what to do with himself. Yeah, that's an Igby character. I, well, I didn't say Igby. I, don't, I wouldn't consider Igby to bohe- be bohemian either. No. Okay. Um, in some ways, he might be worse in that he's sort of slumming it, you know, slumming it with the bohemian types. He's on a Bildungsroman. A what? A Bildungsroman. What that's is that? where you travel to find yourself. Ugh, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's when like you're bohemian young... bohemian squared. You go, I'm going to go find myself with these bohemians. So I'm choosing to live this life as opposed to I've just a sort of... A lot of novels are Bildungsromans. I prefer the hero's journey myself. It's a magical creature. It helps you along the way. <laughs> oh. And then you go on a quest. Like and you come back the, to where you started. Pilgrim's Progress. I think that is a book about farming, maybe? No, it's a... It's, it's, it's a ghost? Ah, I don't know. It's, it's a pilgrim like ghost. John Pilgrim. It goes on... It's like a parable about finding heaven. I bet it's super boring. Yeah. Much like everything written It's back way then. old. Yeah. No. I think if you are a young person that you... It's okay to have that period in your life where you need to go searching. You need to look outside of what is known to you. In order to see what you are going to decide is going to be your path. I disagree. I feel like being a young person, you should just do what you're told until you have enough knowledge to realize that you're ready to do something different. That's me, though. That's my hero's journey. That's my hero's journey. In that I always did what I was supposed to do. And I learned a lot of stuff. And then when everyone else around me was starting to try to fit in. And like, I got to fit in. and I got to get a job. I knew enough to be dangerous. I knew enough to realize that what I was doing with my life wasn't what I wanted to do. And I had enough knowledge to be reflective of that. So I thought Catcher in the Rye sucked when I read it in high school. But I loved it when I was in my late teens, early 20s. Because I felt like that was, that was, that was when I wanted to do more exploring. I wanted to go in my, my, my Bill Simmons Durang. What was it called? <laughs> Bildungsroman. Bildungs, Bildungsding. Bildungsroman. Bildungsroman. I, that's what I wanted to, to to explore, and I didn't go into the, the urban Bohemia uh, or or any of, meet with any of the characters from this song. That's for that's for goddamn sure. I think I just disliked things strongly, but I I never was so vapid or out there. But I always knew what was going on. Okay. You're not joining me in the conversation here. Well, you have a very narrow view of the world. That's true. So I don't know what I'm supposed to say. That's like... But you would disagree. You could give counterpoints. I don't want to be uh, rude. You could disagree with my point. It's okay. It's a discussion. I'm a discussion. That's my thought. But you're coming from an extremely privileged place in your life. Mm-hmm. And it, maybe it would benefit you to have seen some other things and ways that other people live. Well, I don't have any issue with the way other people live, but that's not going to be part of my journey. I mean, I don't... Because you don't need to see anything other than what you already know. You you have all the answers. No, I didn't say I had all the answers. I just did not... I, my path would not have taken me to a group like Bohemian like you. I, don't, I wouldn't want to be... I mean, I don't know. I feel like you can that. learn something all, always from all different types of people. I have learned that if you're Bohemian, you have a really catchy hook and... Uh, you eat a lot of vegan food, but you don't cook it yourself. It's, you steal, you're stealing someone's food, man. No? 
Yeah, but wouldn't it be better to have experienced some of these things firsthand so that you could then state that with some level of experience? But I heard the song, right? That's all I needed to do. Now I'm, I'm an expert. And I saw Igby Goes Down too, so I'm like a double expert. Okay. I, well, you know, I think going back to our, our, our Catcher in the Rye, there's something that just reads very phony about these these bohemian type characters to me it, it doesn't feel like a an active choice lifestyle like the characters in the song it doesn't feel like they are making conscious decisions almost about what they're doing so much as they're sort of drifting about and like hey i'm doing this now because it's where i am I guess I'm not sure if the issue that you're taking is with like the Igby character or with mm. the Holden Caulfield character, neither of which are represented in this song, or with this group that, you know, today maps on to the hipsters that are really just interested in sort of superficially adhering to that group and their presentation. Mm. I don't have an issue with Holden Caulfield. I think he's very different than the Igby character. The Igby character, it's sort of a mix, I think, between the two. You know, he's sort of a Holden Caulfield in the sense that he's confused and there's something wrong with him a little bit because of his, I don't know if it's upbringing or something he's mentally ill. Yeah. And then he sort of ends but he, up... he ends up caring for Amanda Pete. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the takeaway from it. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a terrible person. He just seems... Like, there's, some, there's something very broken about his character. Mm-hmm. And... So I'll give him a little bit of a pass when he sort of ends up living this lifestyle. But he is very cognizant of what he is doing. Like, he seems very aware. Whereas I think when you think of, you know, the the Bohemians, like in the song, like in Mm -hmm. that movie, they're very much uh, creatures of, of whatever their passions are. And that's what they're seeking and that's what they're looking for. And... It doesn't even feel like they're rebelling so much as they've just chosen a lifestyle that seems to be at odds with the mainstream. Some and... people are very happy with that. But my take on their happiness is sort of like in the song. Like, this song is making fun of these characters because there's a sense that they are I mean, you can be an happy. artist and you can be outside of the mainstream and you can be perfectly happy mm-hmm. not having any worldly possessions and not mm-hmm. feeling as though you are part of any particular mainstream group. Mm-hmm. And some people... That's how they want to live, and they feel mm-hmm. like they are truly artists. But my issue is with that other group that I was mm-hmm. trying to describe, where they're just a bunch of posers. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I, I think that's that's the group that they sing about in the song. And yeah. there's, there's almost a passivity to to their bohemian lifestyle. Right. Do you lifestyle. know the quote? Um, I have to look up who it's from, but the unexamined life is not worth living. I've heard the quote. I don't know who said it though. I don't know either. Oh, it's so great. Socrates. Yeah. That guy's Socrates. I heard about him. He's a pretty smart dude. It's like uh, Plato and uh, <laughs> Magical Mr. Mistopheles, I think, was the right, other yeah. the other yep, great Greek. Yep. <laughs> so no matter what you're choosing, if you're not examining your life and thinking critically about the decisions that you're making, then mm-hmm. I think your choices should be in question. Okay. But, but again, there's the active versus passive Yeah, I'm ideal. agreeing with you. Okay. I agree with you. Great. No, no, no. I agree my show i agree with you <laughs> fine so anything else do you have that you want to talk about with with bohemian like you i 
I think we covered a lot of what I wanted to say, except I love this band's name. Mm-hmm. They're really clever in their lyrics and mm-hmm. their wordplay. Yeah. And I think that's reflected in their name, too. <laughs> I think in terms of the way the music and the lyrics go together, I, I do like that there's a pretty standard kind of melody you know, melody going through the song, which I think lends itself to sort of the the rapid pace of, of the, the lyrics and kind of the story that's unfolding and the, the lead singer's sort of almost deadpan delivery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think definitely, like we're talking about passivity, you sort of imagine him singing it with almost dead eyes. Yeah. You know, maybe he's kind of just shoegazing, just like looking down yeah. and just sort of singing it like, hey, this is, this is what it is. This right. is the story. It, it fits the lyrics. Totally. With that delivery. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's a nice little like, gem of a song. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. Well, so I think we've talked about why we like this song, because we hate hipsters, and this song really <laughs> just just digs into them with catchiness. Even from 15 years ago, still relevant. I, I've always hated them. I, was, I, I hated hipsters before it was cool to hate hipsters, because I'm a square. That's right. Super cool square. No comment. <laughs> well, so that's why we like this song, because of its anti-bohemian message, and ooh, ooh, ooh. Chorus. Clever wordplay. Clever wordplay. But why should it be our song? Not us. We just said what we like it. Our. Everyone just, else's are. <laughs> we just reviewed this. No. Everyone else's <laughs> song. Um, I, I'm i not sure how popular it is in sort of like the general knowledge mm-hmm. bank of mm-hmm. people out there. Um, which in and of itself, does that make it a hipster song? Because not everyone knows about it. Is that no. why you secretly like it? What? No. How dare you? No. <laughs> no. Oh, I don't know. I, I hit a nerve. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, no. That's not. No. 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 Lying. Lies. <laughs> Slander. No, it's... I don't think being hipster has something to do with something being unpopular. And if you like something unpopular, therefore you're a hipster. I mean, how many people liked Dungeons & Dragons back in the 80s? No one was like, oh, you, you Dungeons & Dragons hipsters, you were a geek or a dork. You know, because mm-hmm. you, you liked something that wasn't incredibly popular and that was kind of, well, it was pretty geeky. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that just because you like something that's unpopular, you're a hipster. It has, I think, more to do with a sense of not only might it be unpopular, but you are trying very hard to make sure everybody knows how much you like it. Yeah. Uh, so I, why do I ride this penny farthing? I mean, if you just rode the penny farthing and people were like, hey, what's up with you and your, your big wheel bike? And you're just like, oh, I don't know. I just kind of just thought they were cool. That's not, I wouldn't consider that person a hipster. I'd probably be envious of them because it's like, that is a stupid bike. And this person is clearly living the life I want to live in, which they don't care about anything. And that makes them cool. <laughs> Whereas I think a hipster would be like, hey, so many penny farthing? Yeah. You know, I... Everyone else ride small bikes, but you know I gotta ride this bike because you know people learn how to make these. Yeah, I'm gonna make these bikes. It's important. <laughs> the environment. I wax my mustache. What? You have a problem with that? You have to. Everyone just doesn't care about these things. Yeah, th- 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 there's an effort. There's an effort that yeah, goes into it. Yeah. And there's nothing. I think girls will tell you this. As a girl, you can tell me if I'm right. I am a girl. There's nothing less cool about a guy. Than a guy who is clearly trying to be cool. Yep, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's complete turnoff. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's why, why you don't try. I never try. There you go. And people listening to the show can tell. Don't try. <laughs> Just talk about a song. What song? Oh, I don't no. know. This song. 
Whatever. I don't care. Do you like this song? Mm, I don't care. <laughs> don't matter me. Oh, God. Maybe this is a hipster podcast because the whole point of it is trying to make people like another song. I don't care if they like it, though. You know, just don't throw it a bit out there. Hey, maybe you will like this song. It's a public service show. You're nodding at me like... Oh, sorry. You I'm see saying through, yes you see, you with see my through head. My... Saying yes with my head. <laughs> so that's why. That's why you... Uh, it see, should be everyone's song. Okay. I See, for me, I agree with everything you said. I would like to also put out that there should be some sort of a worldwide law. Like, put it in the UN. Maybe they can make a resolution. If a song has a happy, upbeat, ooh, ooh, ooh in the chorus, it should be considered to be a fabulous song by all. <laughs> But uh, it was. I'm sure there's some bad songs that say ooh 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 in the middle. I cannot think of one. <laughs> I, I only have this song in my head. That's like all other songs have fallen Whoop away. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's uh. No, there's not one. Okay. I just thought of it. No, totally not. Okay. Sorry. Fair enough. Fair right enough. in to Rob at PlayingOurSong.net. If you think there is a bad song with the ooh ooh, ooh I'll immediately delete your email because it's wrong mm-hmm. and I can't bother to read it. Slander you're with your, with your not not slander. What is it? Libel. libel. Your libelous libelous emails. Well, how's that worldview working out for you? It's really good. Great. My 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 Bruce Boxleitner dang. Uh, Bildungsroman. I, you're not on one, so no, no, no. No, I never. No, yeah. never. I'm on a hero's journey though, every day. What's your mythical creature that assists you on this journey? A centaur, probably. <laughs> you gave me some sort of a shield. Centaurs are awesome. What's your What's your mythical journey creature? Oh, it's like a little beaver with wings. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It doesn't have to. It could just be like an old person. Sometimes it's just old people. What? If you could pick a mythical creature, why would you have it be an old person? I don't know, man. It's just whatever. It's an old person. I don't have to tell you. <laughs> it's too cool for this hero's journey. Well, I think that is a good reason. In conclusion. In conclusion, this song is a hilarious takedown <laughs> of hipster bohemian doofuses. And it's got catchy oo-oo-oo's. Yep. <laughs> so you, it's got like multiple levels right there. So I'm pretty sure everyone has already downloaded it, <laughs> listened to it, and agrees with us. Not because we want them to agree. Like, who cares, man? That's because we're cool. We don't need to have you like the song. It's just sort of happened, I'm sure. You know? It's up to them. So Yeah, whatever. It's totally up to them. Yeah. I'm just assuming it happened. Right. Because I believe Bohemian Like You by the Dandy Warhols could be now considered our song. The people have good taste. The people have good taste. Right. They They might be listening to this show. If they're not, then... They might also have good taste, too. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going on my journey. I don't have time for this. I need a magic helmet, maybe. <laughs> oh, now you got a helmet, too. <laughs> Some sort of mirror shield to fight gorgons and whatnot. Is that what your centaur gave you? He might have. You know, it's my journey. I can't talk about it. On the way back. Oh, Haley, oh, when you return. You have to return from my all. journey. Yes. Okay. I'll get home and it will all seem... Like a dream. Like a dream. Yes. This has been a hero's journey of a podcast. And now, unfortunately, it is time for our journey to end. For those of you out there in iTunes land, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Diana, thank you so much for coming on and on this journey. Oh, you're welcome. This oral, U-R-A-L, journey. 
Anytime. For everyone else, you can find us everywhere online. Uh, the website is playingoursong.net. You can follow me on Twitter at playing underscore our song. If you have a song you want to talk about or some sort of comments you want to make, well, feel free to leave a review and subscribe to us in iTunes or email me at rob at playingoursong.net. Diana, I heard a rumor that you have your very own podcast nowadays. That's true. And by your very own, I mean that we share it. Yep, it's joint. Because we're married. Yep, like we share everything. <laughs> You're right, I have something to plug. You do, you have something to plug. Hooray! (laughs) All right, um, our podcast is called ABA Inside Track, and it reviews recent behavior analytic literature, and we discuss it in hopefully an entertaining fashion. Mm -hmm. It's a Venn diagram. People will want to hear me talk about songs and people who are behavior analysts. It's pretty, I'm assuming it's a huge middle. Right. Okay, Mm -hmm. good. Yeah, yeah, so... um, it's geared towards people who are board-certified behavior analysts, but mm. anyone who's interested in behavior analysis, or we also discuss, um, uh, often we relate things back to working with children with autism, and that's what we do, would be welcome to listen. Great. So now you've got two podcasts to listen to. Yeah. And you can listen to more if you want to. We don't really care. But maybe listen to those care. two. Whatevs. Yeah. Your call. It's not like we work on them. No. They just kind of come out of nowhere. We find them on our journeys, our heroes' journeys. Well, everyone else, thanks for joining us again, Diana. Thank you so much for staying up late to record this with me. (laughs) So, for the rest of you at home, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. But until then, remember, it's your song, so play it long and play it loud. Bye! Bye.